But I got to move you over because if you stay there, no one will hear you. Uh, but Advent conversations and uh, as as Denise mentioned in children's time, Advent is is derived from uh, a Latin term that just means expectation or longing and what what a perfect way to describe the weeks leading up to celebrating Jesus's birth that that there was an expectation and and we don't fully grasp it because the the Jews were living for over 400 years with that expectation of Messiah and because they missed it the the Jews are still looking for Messiah and and we have that that wonderful hope already and and this week talking about hope we're we're gonna chase rabbits together which will be new for Denise because she really does not like chasing rabbits and I'm gonna lead her down rabbit trails it's gonna be lots of fun uh, but I, I told her last week that I, I really know that this is not her wheelhouse. This is not completely her comfort zone. But God wants to get us out of our comfort zone sometimes. And the, the perspective that she can bring to certain parts of the Christmas story, I just can't bring. You've Be- never been pregnant. I've never been pregnant. <laughs> never have. I've I've never been a teenage girl, believe it or not. <laughs> just just things that I I can't bring to the story at all. And and the the wonderful thing is that I, I've never been a mom. And and the story of Christmas, the the story of Jesus is that Jesus chose to have the full human experience where he was going to be born to a mom. And to, if if we're going to be a little blunt, he's being born to a stepdad. And that's okay. And, and we're, we're going to tell it like it is all morning. So you just brace yourself a little bit because God has led us to this point this year. He took us through all of that history in the Old Testament so that we could understand this story in a fresh and a new way. And I'm excited about it this morning. So let's get going. In Luke chapter 1, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, to fill in the blanks really quick, to tie it back to that history, we talked about what ancient Middle Eastern weddings looked like, that the man would come and he would propose to the woman and then he would leave and go to prepare a place for her that was attached to his father's house. Everybody remember that story, the great romantic gesture with, with the cup. This is the cup 
and I won't drink from it again until we're together in my father's house. What a beautiful proposal. You know, if, if you'll accept this, you will be my priceless treasure. All those warm fuzzies, I got to say those to butter up my wife, my priceless treasure. <laughs> but <clears throat> because I'm fixing to, you know, drop the reality on her that the, this is, you know, a, a teenage girl who's in the middle of making wedding plans. Okay, this will jog some people's memory back. Ladies, when you were getting ready for the wedding, what was occupying your thoughts most of the time? The wedding. You know, what do I want the flowers to look like? What do I want the food to be? I can't eat that food before that day because I'll never fit into the dress I bought. All of those things. And then all of a sudden you get unexpected company. I did not see this slideshow ahead of time. I set her up big. I built the slides. Can you imagine? And, and I'm not saying the angel Gabriel is like Cousin Eddie, but I mean, I, I didn't capture a good still shot, you know, where Clark looks over and sees Eddie out there standing on the lawn. And I couldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewed to the carpet. But... I imagine Mary may have felt some of those same things when the angel showed up and said, hey, you're blessed and favored amongst all women. A completely unexpected visitor shows up and says that. and I'm probably going to be taken a little off guard. Did, did you ever meet anyone that was a celebrity as a teenager? Did I ever meet did anyone? You, did you meet a celebrity as a teenager? It was a celebrity. <coughs> can't think of any. <laughs> Did you? The uh, closest person that I met as a teenager that was, that, that's a celebrity in this part of the world, was Jane Jarreau. And, and I, I was just shocked because this is Jane Jarreau from the news. But you grew up with a celebrity. Randall Bench, the oh. radio personality, <laughs> lived in your house. So it wasn't new to you, I guess, but it, it was totally unexpected because, you know, she came in the cafe with her parents and my mom was like, do you know who that is? I said, I said, yes, I know who that is. I see her on the 10 o'clock news. And she's like, well, uh, go say hi. No. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I can't imagine being immersed in a culture where you've been expecting news of a Messiah and you're this teenage girl and an angel shows up and tells you you're blessed. See, we don't always know exactly what to hope for. And I'm sure everyone in that culture was in their own subtle way hoping for Messiah. And if you think about it, we live in a world full of people who are, are hoping that things are going to get better, that life is going to be good again, that, that maybe Christmas will just be a break from all of life that just keeps kicking you in the face. We're, we're hoping for something better. And, and sometimes we're not exactly sure what to hope for. You think Mary was hoping to have a, a big, beautiful celebration for a wedding? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, very few, 
very few young ladies don't want a, a, a celebration of some sort for their wedding. I'm not saying that it has to be big. Try and look at this front row over here. I'm saying that it doesn't have to be big <laughs> to be a celebration. Hawaii. Hawaii would be nice. <laughs> August, we can marry you right there on the beach. You go one way, we go the other. It's a good plan. We could do that in the mountains, you know, in the summertime. Oh. I, I, I've told you, son, it's not your wedding, it's hers. You're going to have to do a lot of convincing to win that one. All right? No. But the scripture goes on, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is a sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Hope has to pivot sometimes to align with God's plan. Putting yourself in Mary's shoes. You are excited about your wedding and now you're told you're going to be pregnant with the Son of God and you're your cousin who has been barren and is in her old age, which the language there borders on the line of she's too old to have kids, is going to have a kid. How's that make you feel? Scared. But he told her not to be scared. <laughs> so she was probably feeling scared. Makes me think that Gabriel didn't understand women any better than men do. You know, telling a woman to calm down doesn't work. Telling a woman don't be scared makes her more scared. I mean, come on, Gabriel. But, I mean, he's an angel. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't deal with fear. He lives in the presence of God most of the time. But... To go from that, and, and I don't think we realize the, the gravity of that shift. Because for her to, to really accept this doesn't guarantee anything with Joseph. She had her life planned out. She had it planned out because marriage, if you remember back to the Old Testament, was a transfer not only of of your living space but as a bride in that day you were transferring 
the everything your father had in your family to your husband. So you're transferring his right to clothe you, to protect you, to provide for you. And she's already committed that to Joseph. But according to the law, if she turns up pregnant outside of marriage, he can legally have her stoned to death. Is the extreme. At the very least, he can, uh, the Bible explains to us, put her away quietly where she'll be mildly cared for, but she'll still be an outcast to society. She'll be an outcast to the temple because she'll have a reputation that will not allow her to worship. I think sometimes we overlook exactly how much Mary had to hope that God had more of a plan than what we read. Carrying the Messiah is exciting. But how many times do we get excited about something in our faith and then the next day we go to work and life kicks us in the face again? It's easy to sit here and say, I'm going to pray for that person at work that drives me nuts. It's a lot harder to pray for that person that drives you nuts when they're sitting right there in your face being, let's just be real, they're being a jerk. Anybody deal with jerks in their life? If you don't raise your hand, it might be you're the jerk. Okay, just being real. But... Mary's response, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I wish we had what happened next. I wish we could be in that room. Because if, if you're Mary, the angel leaves. What's your response? I know, I gave you all the hard questions without giving you the questions. Um, cry. Panic a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I... I don't know that I could begin to process it, let alone as a teenager. Teenage girls in the room. How many of you could process that? That, you know, most of you, because we're Western culture, you can't even process getting married. That, hey, I was about to get married, and whoop, nope, God said you're going to be pregnant. Whew. Which brings me to another little, little squash some people's bug for them. Uh, one of the, the things that will never be a hang-up in our church is if, if someone's pregnant outside of marriage, it's not a hang-up for me. And I pray it's not a hang-up for anyone in our church. Is it outside the will of God? Absolutely, but so were you at one point. And Jesus loved you. And guess what? Jesus is going to be born of a virgin who is engaged. They are not married Read the account. Read through it word for word. Get on your lawyer glasses and get legal 
they're not married. Jesus is born essentially to a single mom with a dad that she's living with. Whoo! Suddenly, suddenly my, my Pharisee self is like, oh, I want to judge that so bad. But that's the thing. Jesus came into the world boldly declaring that everything that you would try to judge people for, I'm kicking down those doors so that they can walk into the kingdom. Now, does it make it right? No. Does it make it something that being raised in the church, you should think, oh, it's a great excuse. No. I'm not giving you an excuse to sin. I'm giving you an excuse to love people who make a mistake. And I'm not saying that it's a 100% a mistake because... I believe that God values every life. And the sanctity of life, no matter how it started, they're precious in the eyes of the Lord. The trouble with hope is it can be difficult because it's not a plan. I... That's easy for guys in the room because we know hope is not a strategy. You don't hope that the wheat is going to grow without going and planting it first. If you just leave the wheat seed in the silo, you can hope for a crop and it ain't going to happen because hope is not a strategy. Of course, we're pivoting to Joseph here just in case you were wondering. This is where I get to weigh in because I've been a man. I didn't have a teenage wife. She was, or were you still a teenager? No, I was 20. You were 20. <laughs> you were 20. You were still underage, but <laughs> couldn't do all the legal things. <laughs> all right. Matthew's account says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, that's where a lot of people are going to struggle with the fact I said they weren't married yet. It's still the legal term for that, for separating, because their betrothal in the ancient world was the early steps of the wedding ceremony. You had started the wedding ceremony at engagement. You finalize it at the wedding, and we talked about that in pretty graphic terms. So people always wondered, you know, how do we know for sure that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth? Well, I'll tell you, A, they didn't have a wedding, and the Word of God says that Joseph did not know her until after she had born Jesus. And the word know there in Hebrew is the word that we love so much from Genesis, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, it means to intimately know someone, and it has a second connotation that is another word we use with intimacy. Younger viewers in the room are just now confused as can be because pastor said a lot of things and it was yada, yada, yada. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> Joseph thought he was getting one gift and instead he gets another. 
Okay, if, if you haven't seen Christmas Vacation, these pictures don't make sense, and that's okay. Uh, the people that have, it's a great funny joke that really ties in the point. Joseph thought he was getting this young bride that he'd been working and, and building onto his father's house for. And then he finds out she's pregnant. You know, talk about devastating news to him because, you know, think about the steps that he'd went through just to secure that marriage promise. And, and as a carpenter, can you imagine how beautiful a place he had built for them and the hours that he had put into it? And then to find out the news that she's pregnant. I mean, it, it would be crushing. Sometimes what we hope for can become disappointing. Anybody ever get a present that uh, for Christmas that they really, really wanted and then it just wasn't quite as good as you thought? guys ever get an easy bake oven i never got one of those but i heard that they were like Meh. but were they good they were good oh maybe they went downhill <laughs> the originals were really good okay i got i got this gi joe jet one year that I thought was the most amazing thing until I flipped on Saturday morning cartoons and they showed that that jet was also part of the set that came with the aircraft carrier. <laughs> I just gotten the jet, but there was something better. And I'm still hoping for that aircraft carrier. I mean, there would have been nowhere to put it in our room, probably nowhere in our house to set that thing unless mom and dad put legs under it and made a coffee table. <clears throat> Hint, Xavier. <laughs> New house coffee table is going to be the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Not really. But I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what your grandpa said. I'm oh. not paying for that. <laughs> so, but... <clears throat> I think we can all relate with Joseph a little bit. That, that is, is hope and excitement with a little bit of bad news. And it, let's be fair, it was a lot of bad news in that day came in. And, and sometimes it, around the holidays, we get bad news. It happens. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I love that. The angel told Mary that he would be Messiah, he would reign on the throne of David, all those things. That's not what he tells Joseph. He tells Joseph that he will save his people from their sins. And I really think it's because of the way we're wired. Can you imagine Joseph strut 
if he was walking around knowing that that Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David. You know, oh, your son's the, the star quarterback. Well, my son is going to sit on the throne of David. He's the Messiah. He's going to free us from this oppression. We men would take that all kinds of wrong. Mary probably understood the throne of David is the eternal throne that God put over the kingdom of Israel. Has nothing to do with a government entity. It's a throne that's ruling in the hearts and the minds of the people of Israel. But hope helps with perspective. Joseph was probably pretty down when he heard that Mary was pregnant. But suddenly when you have hope giving you the right perspective about it, you know, that, that diagnosis that you get from the doctor, guess what? The doctor's only practicing. And, and if we have our hope that you're going to stretch your life a few more years in this life, if that's where your hope is, I think you're missing it. I mean, I want to live a long life, trust me. But I don't want to live a long life in bad health if I can just go to Jesus. Where He said, I'm going to get a new body. If there's basketball in heaven, I'm dunking again. It's been a long time since I dunked on a real goal. I'm going to dunk again, G. It's going to feel good. I'm going to hit hole-in-ones on a golf course if there's one in heaven. Because I'm sure not hitting any on earth. If we get to hunt animals, I'm going to shoot like a 52-point deer one year. I'm going to ride a bull in heaven if there's a chance. Just because I wasn't crazy enough to do it down here. Unlike bull rider here. No. <laughs> no. I sat on it. I sat on it. <laughs> not going to say it. It's too easy. We're moving on. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And, and until we did that study earlier this year, I didn't realize what that took from the couple as well. We never read about Mary and Joseph's wedding celebration. They never got to celebrate it in front of their, their family. Because what, as we know, part of that celebration was the chamber right off of where they performed the wedding. So they could show the proof that the marriage was everything it was promised to be. Sometimes we, we get hung up on some of those things in, in today's world too. And, and I hope that, that everybody who decides to enter into a relationship that looks and thinks and acts like a marriage, that they get to celebrate it with their family and their friends. Even if you elope and come back and have a party, front row people, 
Joey's giving me the side eye. We're not, we're not going there. But Mary and Joseph missed out on a lot of the community part of what went on. And, and we don't get to see it in Scripture, but we know the, the culture of the day. Can you imagine the ridicule that Joseph endured for being the father to someone else's son? Can you imagine the looks that Mary got from other women for being the, the girl who was pregnant outside of her marriage? Or pregnant before her marriage was fulfilled? We, we think these kind of judgments and things are new today, and they're really not. But Mary and Joseph had that secret weapon that we as Christians have, and, and it's hope. They, they knew the promise that God had given them, and they knew that within their family, they were going to love Jesus, and they were going to love each other. Wow. How simple is that for us? Love Jesus. Love each other. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like something Jesus talked about? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself? It's amazing that it's embodied right there in the Christmas story. In Psalms, the, the verse before this, it talks about God doesn't marvel in the strength of, of horses, or even the strength of men's legs. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, in those who hope in His steadfast love. Paul tells us in Romans, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mary and Joseph abounded in hope. There's no way that their relationship could survive without hope in what God had told them. And we have the same hope because God's still speaking to us through His Word. God speaks to us and He says that He said it through Jesus. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And he used that marriage terminology, I'm going to make a place for you in my Father's house. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself. What a wonderful hope we have that Jesus is coming again. And in this Advent season, this Christmas season, it's our job to abound in hope and share that hope with everyone we meet. Anything else? Do you think you can make my song work? <laughs> what was your song? I'll do it on here. Do it, go go to YouTube. See, I haven't given up hope that my song is gonna work. Come down long.
You guys thought you were not going to get a Christmas song today. No, no. <laughs> we're going to get the commercial first. Maybe. 100. Because we got on here.